Welcome to Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. As a parent, experienced childcare professional, and early years consultant, I get how much we dream good things for our children. We start out hopeful and confident, and yet somehow the daily reality can feel more like a grind than a gift. And so we easily miss out on the joys of these fleeting early years. Over time, I've come to realize that to give our children the best start in life, we first need to recognize what's going on inside them in secret. There is some great research out there, and my heart is to make some of this relatable for everyone. And so throughout these weekly podcasts, I hope that whoever you are, parent, family carer, childminder, practitioner, anyone who spends time with young children can take a moment each week to reinterpret what our children are doing and why. And by doing so, I have seen countless exasperated, bewildered, exhausted carers become re-energized and inspired as they find easy ways to connect with what their young children are naturally eager to do. A little like turning over a pebble in a rock pool to discover a hidden world tucked away. We too will look at our children with fresh eyes and delight in being part of their journey. Welcome back, listeners, to Turning Little Stones. And today I am joined by Katie Kinsella. Lovely to have you here today because it's the beginning of Mental Health yeah. Week. And uh, Katie is here to tell us a little bit about living well with allergies, um, with all of her experience. And she's written a book. So... First of all, I'm just going to ask you, Katie, to introduce yourself, what you do, who you are, family, career. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie. I am an SEND teacher. So I work in a mainstream primary school, working with children with complex needs. Um, I also do quite a lot of support work for children with social, emotional, mental health needs as well. Um, I'm a mum. I've got two lovely children. I've got a daughter, Evie, and a little boy, Sunny, um, and my husband, Rob. And we live in Norfolk, very outdoorsy family, like to go out, like walks in the forest and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of us in a nutshell, really. This episode we're calling Living Well with Allergies, and I know that is well, very dear to your heart, and it's sort of the reason why you've written the book. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why why this is significant for your family? Absolutely. So my daughter, Evie, who is nine now, um, when she was born, I mean, we'd never had any experience of allergies or anything before, and shortly after she was born, she developed um, cradle cap and eczema, like, completely covered I just remember thinking like, I'd never seen a baby look like that before and just it, like it was really painful and like really sore we'd take her backwards and forwards to the doctors and they'd give us different creams and things like that but nothing seemed to touch it um and this is when she was still baby baby an infant breastfeeding right. yeah, yeah that's right yeah and we we so shortly after she was born she was taken up to the neonatal intensive care unit um just for a few hours and they were doing some checks and things like that but they fed her 
some formula milk up there because her blood sugar levels were really low. And then when she came back, we established breastfeeding and carried on breastfeeding ever since. Um, but she would, like, projectile vomit after every feed. And the health visitor said, oh, no, some babies are really sicky. But I remember putting a change of clothes in her changing bag for her and a change of clothes for me because it was that frequent. She could, like clear a room um most things were covered in sick most days but because she was our first baby we just carried on thinking okay some babies are like this didn't ever really put the pieces together like I said we'd had no experience of allergies beforehand so sort of struggled through those first six months um and it was only when we started weaning um that I she had a spoonful of yogurt and had an anaphylactic reaction that's obviously when we realized the severity of everything um, so blue lights, hospital. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely terrifying, as you can imagine. Um, sort of holding her in my arms and her sort of going. Her voice completely changed. Just all this mucus was just pouring out of her lip. Like her whole face swelled up. You couldn't see her eyes, and just her sort of breathing became different and completely terrifying. And just remember that moment, just thinking like, so couple like she could die. Like holding her in my arms and taking every every detail and things like that. Um, and thankfully, you know, she was okay. And then we got the specialist support. They did lots of tests. And then at that moment, found out she was allergic to, I'm trying to think, eight or, eight or nine different foods at that time. Um, so it was cow's milk, obviously, that she'd had the reaction to, but it was also eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, soya, sesame, like the list went on wheat at that point as well. Um, we had a dog. She was severely allergic to dogs, it turned out. Um, so our lovely dog, Maisie, had to go and live with my my parents. Um, and so it was very, yeah, very turbulent time, lots of learning to do in a very short space of time. Um, and once I cut out all of the things that she was allergic to out of my diet, because obviously we're still breastfeeding at that point, within two weeks, I think, her eczema, she looked like a different child, had almost completely cleared up, which was incredible. Um, so, yeah, a long, steep learning curve. <laughs> so one of the things that might be very helpful for us, um, because genuinely I think there's this confusion about what is a dietary intolerance or a nutrition intolerance, um, how that compares to a real allergy, like like you've just described yeah. Evie has. Um, and, and maybe let's let's ping around what what are the differences just so that we can help our listeners in my capacity managing earlier settings, sometimes I think parents insisted that their child had no whatever because it was a, maybe an intolerance when they were a bit little, that the, the child was a little bit younger without realising that those intolerances can change and, you know, they can grow out of them as they mature. So, yeah, if we can just unpack what is the difference between a real serious allergy and intolerances. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm no medical expert, but within our experience and sort of the the appointments that we've had and things, so, so the allergy 
it, within the body releases histamine, and so something called an IgE allergy, um, which then releases that histamine and things, which causes, you know, the swelling or the restricted blood and breathing, things like that. Because it's often um, around the, the breathing apparatus, isn't that's it? That's right, the, yeah. The and so, and the but, like, and the throat. Um, it's just the body trying to protect, really. So it just goes into this sort of panic mode, um, assuming that what has come into the body is like a poison. Um, and so things like hives as well, so like a rash, swelling. Um, with our experience, lots of mucus as well, like on just like pouring out. Um, yeah, breathing difficulties, can be sick, um, feeling faint, all of those things. And that's the difficult thing, isn't it? Like you said, that difference between allergies and intolerance or the IgE allergy, which is all of that histamine-released yes. reaction compared to a non-IgE allergy, which is more sort of gastro things, so lots of tummy aches or like... Um, bowel movements, all of those type of things tend to be the non-IG, which isn't life-threatening, but obviously can still be really painful and uncomfortable to children. Yes. Um, and like you said, you know, they can grow out of them as well. Lots of children, babies in particular, can grow out of their allergies or intolerances, like, in the first year. So I'd always recommend seeking GP advice. Um, and whether that's you keep a food diary and things like that, so then you're becoming... To find patterns or get familiar with actually this these foods are causing this um but if you've got that gp input then to reintroduce them and things like that that would be really helpful you know if you had your time over again if you if you you, you know had a diary of your own food intake in those early six months when you were breastfeeding Absolutely. totally then then that could have helped that diagnosis a wee bit earlier maybe yeah, yeah that's it and, and I think now there's more awareness I think like back then it wasn't even on our radar at all whereas now you know before I've seen posters up about could it be a cow's milk allergy you know things like that I think there's a lot more it seems to be a lot more children as well, but whether that's because it's being talked about more. Um, yeah, and just seeking that advice. And if you're not sure, going back and, yeah. you know, yeah. second opinions, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So just to clarify, we're, we're talking about serious allergies, those that, that you know, really, really can't... Um, we can't allow these children to have these food types That's because right. otherwise they will have a, a reaction, a severe life-threatening reaction called anaphylaxis. Um, yeah, and am I right in saying that actually if you have more than one or if you have repeated episodes, that actually they become more and more severe as the child gets older? Yeah, the reactions can change every time. So like you say, just because you've had... a um, um, I say mild in the loosest sense, a mild reaction one time doesn't mean the next time will be the same. The next time, you know, so it's that if you've been given medication, um, like EpiPens, things like that, to carry them at all times because one reaction doesn't mean that same reaction is going to happen again. It can change each time. And going back to your previous thing um, that you were saying about reactions and things, in our experience, it's not just a case of not eating that. Like, Evie will get contact reactions. So when she was younger, we went out for dinner um, and we put her in a high chair 
which had been wiped, but obviously not thoroughly enough because then her whole arm from fingertip to elbow was covered in hives just where she'd placed it on the tray of the high chair. Um, So obviously there were still proteins present that she could pick up on. Another time we walked into a coffee shop. She was in the pushchair, so hadn't touched anything. And then her breathing became laboured. She was really wheezy, was coughing, couldn't catch her breath, ended up in hospital, and that's just because of the milk proteins in the air. So... She's quite an extreme case, um, but it's just that awareness that it's not necessarily eating and digesting and ingesting even the the foods or the proteins. It can be picked up in on contact, in the air, all of those things. You've already mentioned that first terrifying time when you're carrying your baby to hospital. Presumably that wasn't the only time. No, no, there's been, yeah, several others. Um... And we sort of tried to be quite vigilant um, and there was a time between one year and two years where it felt like every six weeks or so she was back in hospital. Lots of breathing-related problems, which we now know is allergic asthma. So again, you know, in different, um, in different places, she would then suddenly get really wheezy and struggle for to breathe things so like is that. that a reaction to dust or, or, or a lot of it pet was hair and those yeah sorts of um dog so it was a big uh-huh. uh well what's the word allergen for her um and milk protein in the air as well so we'd go to different places um and I feel like we've learned the hard way <laughs> oh no we can't go to places like that um and now that she's older, she can obviously tell us how she's feeling, whereas back then you'd almost have to wait to hear the changes in her breathing or the co- the persistent cough that would come and things like that. So we spent quite a lot of time in and out of hospital between those ages, and then they gave her some, some sort of steroid medication, which she's still on now, um, just to help with her breathing and things. And then there was an incident where... It was cross-contamination, actually. We'd gone to a, a vegetarian and vegan cafe. She was three years old, and it was a nice... Just before Christmas, mummy and daughter date, we'd gone on this red vintage open-top bus to look at all the Christmas lights, and they said, oh, let's go and have a brownie and ice cream somewhere that we'd been before um, and she'd been fine with. And we ordered the same thing that we always did, you know, vegan brownie with vegan ice cream, and she took one bite, dropped a spoon, and went, mummy... Mummy, mummy, mummy. And you could just see the panic in her eyes. I'm not well. I, I, I don't feel well. And at that time, you sort of, is it, you know, she's a three-year-old, do you need the toilet? Have you got to tell me yet? You know, trying to work out all of the things. And just, I will never forget that fear that, and it's on the list of symptoms when it says anaphylaxis, one of the things it always said was a, um, the look of impending doom. Yeah. And my husband and I were like, well, what does that even mean? And now I absolutely understand that look. And she sort of looked at me with those little eyes and just said, I need you. Um, and so I was on my own in Norwich. We'd been Christmas shopping, loads of bags and things like that. And then that was the first time that I had to use her pens on my own. And looking back now, I could have done it earlier and almost was like trying to look around for reassurance of like, is this the right time? Should I? And just those feeling and she started to lose consciousness. And then I was like, right, I need to do it. And the ambulance came quite quickly. Um, And it was amazing the difference that it made, that adrenaline within her little body 
Um, so even, after the EpiPen. That's right, yeah. 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 So that's what the EpiPen has inside it, doesn't that's it? That's right, it's, yeah. Adrenaline. So, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then that made me, after that incident, obviously, all of the mum guilt, I should have done it earlier, what if this happened, what if I delayed it, you know, over and over, and she was in hospital overnight just for observation in case of a secondary, because that with anaphylaxis, you can it's a, a biphasic reaction, which means if you've had the dose of adrenaline and you're okay, your body can then have a secondary reaction, sometimes up to a few hours later. So particularly with children, they like to keep them in for observation. Um, yeah, and just laying there, you know, watching her sleep and all of the emotions as a mum and how can I protect her and got in touch with the cafe and turns out it was just cross-contamination. So whether they'd used a cake slice for a cake containing cow's milk and then used it on the vegan one or whether it was an ice cream scoop or something like that. So it's just, you know, not even a direct yeah. ingestion. So that actually makes sense, just an aside here, you know, when we laugh and look on packets and say, you know... Make, may have traces of nuts or, or you know, that that's actually the, the food manufacturer covering themselves because they could be something really simple like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Terrifying for you guys. I, I just want to tell the listeners that the Katie I've got in front of me is a very competent, very assured... Um, well trained, you you know, you trained in early years, you've trained with inclusion, your experience is massive, um, inclusive education and, and children with a, multiple additional needs. So to, uh, to see you here in front of me, very composed, um, talking about that experience, that really must have been quite significant and all your... All your mum anxiety just just covers everything else completely. Absolutely, yeah. You know, as a as a mum, you want to protect your children, um, and then and it's that thing that there's something everywhere you go that could kill your child. Yes. Um, and when she started school, it was really difficult. Just uh, the almost the panic every time my phone rang. This is it. This is the time they're going to tell me. Um, yeah, and you think, you know, it's like taking a child into a room. There's some poison in here. It could kill them. But we're not quite sure where the poison is, but go and enjoy yourself at a party. You know, things like that. It's that constant, almost like a subconscious hypervigilance to... I remember we were in the doctor's surgery, and even, like, bless her, she's, she's picked up on it as well. We are in doctor's surgery, and I said, why don't you go and play with the toys? She's getting a bit rested. She said, no, mummy, because that little girl's got cheesy crisps and she's just touched those toys. So it's like you're scanning wherever you are or in the playground or something, a child's got an ice cream and then they've dripped it on the ladder. So you think, right, okay, can't go on the ladder now. Um, and I guess it's, we're nine years down the road, so you almost become accustomed to that's how you live your life. You scan for that danger, you prepare, you've got the medicine bag with you. Um, but no, you know, I've had real kind of ups and downs with anxiety and... You must have. And, and the communication, you know, with, with, with um, settings and, and schools, uh, the trust that you place. I mean, I, I was very, very mindful. Again, you know, whenever we 
we saw a new group of parents sending their child to to one of our settings. It just look, we understand the trust you are placing in us. You know, we we know this, and we don't take this lightly. But this is this is emphasised. There's this layer upon layer of trust. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So amazing, and to deal with that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, and and managing your daughter as well because you you want her to grow up to experience normal, happy, healthy things. You want her to run off to a party without care in the world, um, but but actually she does have cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is absolutely it. It's that balance of educating her, yeah. so to keep her safe as well. Because obviously we're not going to be there all the time. Teenage years, I dread. <laughs> know kind of that letting them that independence and things like that and so it's that educating her but not trying to scare her and also not being restrictive like absolutely live your life to the best that you can and fortunately I think just through our the way that we are as people and as a family we do so much outside and also when she was younger that was the safest place for her so we'd meet friends in the forest rather than at soft play things like that and we've then got this really healthy love affair with being outside and that's where she is safest it's where we feel the calmest as well because we know there's you know, no allergens lurking and things like that. So I love that. I love that. And yet you did mention right at the beginning that she had a tree nut allergy as well. Yes, so which thankfully she's grown out of. Good. So long okay. years, yeah, and she's had a few tests in hospital Great. Um, Great. and trials and things. And she now, fortunately, the list is a lot shorter and she's only left with cow's milk and eggs which is incredible, and I never thought we'd get to that point where the list would be so short. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's still anaphylactic to both of them, yes, but yeah. it's a lot less restrictive in, in some ways. And that's really important. It's an important message for people, just keep getting this retested because you do not want to restrict your child. So, for example, you, you, you found the outdoor space, you found the forest a great place just to be and forget about all this stuff. But that wouldn't actually be the case if you still believed you hadn't had the test for tree nut allergy. You wouldn't find that space to be the most relaxed for you. And I guess I'd like to butt in a little bit here as well. Um, yeah, we developed a sort of triangulated system for allergies and food intolerance and other dietary requirements from religious to cultural to whatever um but but we we made sure that there were at least three points in any potentially tricky situation snack time meal times da -da -da -da, where a minimum of three different checks were taking place around these children at any one time. Um, we used a colour-coded system, so if there was a little dot, if it was red, it was serious, it was serious allergy. If it was amber, it's not to be taken, it's not to be ignored, but actually it's a little bit less serious in terms of the the impact. So thank you. Yeah, just, a, just an aside. So I just ask keep people, um, setting managers, teachers, yeah, find a way that works for you so that there aren't any mistakes. So on to your book. 
is lovely. I can't have that. I have allergies. <laughs> Tell me about it. Why did you write this book? It's because it's quite recent, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it came out in December. Um, 22. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a few years now. Um, yeah, so the fact that it's out there and families are reading it and things is is still quite surreal. Um, but it all started um, when Eva was a lot younger and she'd be offered things, people, well-meaning people, like, oh, would you like a biscuit, would you like a chocolate, you know, all of those things. And again, just that look of sheer panic as she looked at me to say... Oh, gosh, Mummy, I know I can't have that, but what do I say? Um, and so I remember, like, we'd hold hands and skip down to the park and things, and I'd sort of made up this little rhyme of, thank you, but that's not for me. I can't have that. I have allergies. Almost to give her a voice and to empower her to say to have those boundaries. You don't have to be polite and say... So that's the repetition, isn't it, within right. the book? Yeah. So yeah. it's a thank you. I can't have that. Yeah. I have allergies. That's right. Yeah. Delightful. So you're 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 giving the child the words to use. Brilliant. Yeah. And so it kind of stemmed from there, um, and then thinking, okay, I could use this. We could do something with this. And you know, and it when she was that young, it was a really lonely experience. I made some lovely, wonderful, supportive friends you know, children's groups and baby groups, things like that. But it was a still very lonely existence of, but actually my child could die at any time. Um, and this is really scary. And we're cutting out all of these things and changing our diet and changing our lifestyle and we're in and out of hospital. Um, and trying to get Evie to understand that world as well, that actually your friends can have those things, but you can't sweet up because that makes you poorly. You know, all of those things. And then the whole time thinking, gosh, if I could help any other families just to have those conversations or to share with their friends so that they could understand a little bit into that world or make a child with allergies feel seen or represented or validated in their feelings. And so that kept swirling around my head of like, oh, you know, I'd love to do that one day. And I'd write a little bit and put it in a drawer and then I'd think of another bit and write it down and put it away again. I think I was just, you know, didn't believe in myself or didn't think. It's probably a bit of therapy for yourself. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then it was only in the winter lockdown, I think, that I had got, I don't know, I found that really difficult, that lockdown and sort of bouts of anxiety. And, and then just had a little, why not? What? Just give it a go. What's the worst could, that could happen? Other people go for things and it happens, so why not me? Um, so kind of thought, right, that's it. And uh, sort of completed, edited the story, sent it off to lots of different publishing companies, things like that. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's been sort of a long stop-start journey. Put it out there um, and here we go. And then the journey just sort of unveiled, really. So let's describe it. It's a it's a book, it's a storybook for children. That's right. And it's in rhyme. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Really lovely. <laughs> yeah. Children love rhyme. Absolutely. Love the repetition. So really by the end, well, even part way through, children can begin to be joining in with that 
that key phrase. So they've got it. Um, And we know that children love stories again and again, 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 again. So that's lovely. It's beautiful. You've you've illustrated it with uh, little animals, woodland animals. Now I know that relates yeah. to, to <laughs> you and your family, which is lovely. That's right. I take no credit for the illustrations. That's an amazing illustrator called Vicky, and she has just, yep, taken the pictures out of my brain and put them onto paper, and she's incredible, so... Yeah, no, full credit delightful. to her. <laughs> and the publisher I'm curious about as well, Cherish, is that? That's right, Cherished Editions, yeah. yeah. And they they obviously very directly support... Hang on, let's look at the book. What does it say? Da-da-da-dum. Is that they support wellbeing charity, charities as well, which I... That's right. They, yeah, they have their own charity within the publishing company. And they go into different places and educate on mental health issues. I love it. So, yeah, very aligned. Yeah, totally aligned. If you know of anyone with allergies, or even if you don't, it's a lovely thing to introduce your children to. I first came across this because Emily, who helps, Emily and Sam, who help me publish and and produce the podcast of Turning Little Stones, their youngest has um, has allergies, and she is much younger. So I can see in them the the journey that they're taking, that they're experiencing, the fear, the panic, and da da da. And it was just seeing Emily one day jumping up and down because she'd come across your book. I think she ordered ten, and she just handed oh. them out to everybody. She was just. So alive and excited that there was a, a story that that could be in their arsenal, you know. That that fills my heart with joy, <laughs> because yeah, from day one, it was the thought of if this could help another family and another child, then then absolutely my job is done. And so, to for that to actually have happened, and some of the messages that I've got from different families and like their children's responses to it and things and just that this is a bit like me or I feel seen or yeah I can relate to how the hedgehog feel you know all of those things is just so precious and so valuable and I'm yeah very grateful massive congratulations I just really hope this this the the details will be on the show notes um so please go to our website listeners and and have a look um I'm going to uh, make sure that libraries um, know about it as well. I think that's a really important place to have this book displayed. Um, any other any other messages to parents that are beginning to go on this journey? I mean, it's a little bit like parenthood writ large, isn't it? Because every child is unique, every child... Uh, has something that you're kind of, what? <laughs> What's happening here? Why are they reacting like that? Yours is writ large because it's life-threatening and it, it's big. But, you know, the, is there anything you would say to parents who are feeling a bit isolated, totally anxious, can't imagine coming out the other side of it and feeling as competent and as assured as you appear to be? Um. I would just say 
reach out and kind of it's okay to feel like that and it's okay to feel overwhelmed and anxious and it is a big deal um and talk about it talk about it with you know your support whoever it is your family or your friends and things and also reach out there's now a really big community particularly on social media and things about families with allergies and parents and just that empathy and understanding and other people that totally get it and have been through those experiences um just to have somebody you know even if it is only online to go I hear you and it's rubbish right now and and we're here with you in that journey and like you say you know the me all those years ago and the me now I never would have believed that we'd get to this point um where day to day when it's controlled and when we're in an environment that is safe you almost forget about it she is just an everyday child enjoying life being happy and being free and we have all those things and we take the medicine but we've got that reassurance um but when things were so tricky in the in the start it's yeah just keep that faith and have that hope and and reach out and talk to people and yeah get that advice and support for sure Katie, thank you. <laughs> thank and you. yeah, listeners, whoever you are, just just uh, share this to as far and as wide as you can. Um, I'd love this one to to get some ratings so that we can, yeah, get the reach out there. This is this is um, really important. Um, so thank you, Katie. Thank you for coming and spending this time with us today. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you're left with some food for thought and ideas to try. You might like to subscribe to our podcasts on your preferred platform and follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And why not head over to our website, www.turninglittlestones.co.uk, where you'll find show notes for each episode, previous podcasts, blogs and even details on how to delve a little deeper. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review and let us know if there's an area that you would like us to cover. So finally, thank you for every like, share, comment, encouragement, and of course for listening. Until next time, goodbye.